0: Hola, como están? It's the SoCo Show. Uh, welcome back, guys. It's episode 114. That's Spanish for, hey, how you doing, by the way, for the non-Spanish speakers. Um, this is, of course, the co-host, Cody Michael, and I'm joined as always by the SoHo, Seth Ott. C. C. <laughs> there you go. Seth knows Spanish. Um, and we're back with that another means episode. High, right? Yeah, it does. It means hello. Nice job. <laughs> um, first things first, want to thank uh, all the good folks who listened to our first episode that dropped on Anchor this past week. Um, and we made our first dollar on the podcast Woo! for uh, for all of your clicks. We very much appreciate it. And uh, we're officially a money-making podcast. So shout out to all you guys. Um, and, uh, you know, keep doing your thing. We'll keep doing ours. And uh, those pennies will keep keep coming our way. We're going to be rich, buddy.
1: Hell yeah. <laughs> R- rubbing <laughs> those pennies together to make a fire.
0: That's what's up. That's what's up. We have a lot of shit to talk about today, uh, a lot of really exciting stuff. But Seth, you said, uh, <laughs> again, I, I hate doing this, but you said, I got something I want to open with, Co. So now, now's the time.
1: Oh, I don't think this is one. I don't think this one's that bad. But, uh, <laughs> um, so I, as you, I mean, as we've talked about before, I'm pretty sensitive in a movie theater. But there's one like, in terms of like sounds and, and distractions and things going on around me. Um, but there's one, one that I've noticed more and more recently that I, it really bugs me and it shouldn't, but it does. And this is, uh, the sound of people cleaning their hands with napkins and.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's really fucking specific, but tell me more.
1: So I've noticed this where, and it's always people pop with popcorn, eating popcorn. They always, and it's a, usually people over the age of, I would guess, like 50 that do this. But they'll they'll eat their popcorn, and then they'll wipe their hands with the napkin. And it's paper, loud-ass paper napkins. And then they'll continuously do this throughout the movie. So, like, get more popcorn, wipe their hands with napkins. Get more popcorn, wipe their hands with napkins. And I guess I've no, never noticed before, but do you, have you noticed a lot of people using napkins in the theater, especially with popcorn?
0: I... What sucks is now I probably will, but yeah. <laughs> I never, I never have. I've never taken no. napkins. You know, I have taken napkins in when I've taken like food in, like tacos and shit. Yeah. But right. not for popcorn. That and I'm sense. certainly not going to wipe my hands and then go back into the popcorn bowl. That seems like a <laughs> yeah. stupid waste.
1: This is the, I've noticed this with every person that's done it. They always go back in and they're continuously wiping their hands with napkins. And it's not even just like a quick like... <laughs> They're, like, crumpling it and, like, moving their fingers all through it and, like, wiping each individual finger. And I would just want to go over there and break each individual finger finger every time they do this. (laughs) It is the most annoying sound. And they do it during, like, the quiet, like, you know, dialogue scenes. Like, this is where I notice it the most. Like, people are talking and, like, giving exposition for the story. And I just hear... (laughs) And it just drives me up the goddamn wall. I and like popcorn in general is just a noisy food, but then you add n- pa- napkins to it. <laughs> I just want to know. I, I want to know if I'm like alone here because I've not. I, up until like maybe six months ago, I've never really noticed it. But then, and no, it's probably been closer to almost a year now because I really noticed it when I was going to a lot more of these like you know like the Oscar art house uh, you know movies where the dialogue and exposition and and acting and all that's really important in the movie. And so like, I'm trying to focus on that. I just hear someone like trying to play the fucking, uh, the, the, the fish, that fish (laughs) instrument. Uh,
0: you know what? I am going to support you on this. I, I agree that, that I, cause I know the noise you're talking about. I don't remember experiencing it much in a movie theater, but I know what you're talking about. And it, it is a grating sound. And more importantly, like, you're just going to go back into the popcorn bowl. Why, why, why wipe your hands off? I, that, right. that, I I don't, I've completely, that's like, and that's like stopping to wet wipe your hands in the middle of a rack of ribs. Like you, you're just going to go back and get them dirty. <laughs> it's like making your bed. Why do it? <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> exactly. It's like wiping your ass. Why are you doing it?
0: <laughs> it's just going to get shitty again. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: oh that's
0: nasty oh, maybe that last one's going too far um I want to <laughs> know I want to know from our listeners uh, on Silco show pod uh, on Twitter and on Facebook what do you think of, of napkin napkin hand wipers in the movie theater we, we understand that it's hygienic guys let's leave that out of this um, but do you hear it and if so do you hate it or are you a napkin wiper in the movie how often do you wipe your hands if you're eating popcorn all these are important questions guys and we need I- you to answer them
1: I've even gone so far as to like, where if I'm waiting in the lobby or like going to get my food, and I see someone get a bucket of popcorn and go over to the napkins, I like quietly speak to myself like, please don't be in my theater, please don't be in my theater, please don't be in my theater.
0: <laughs> I could just picture you standing by the napkins and you see a popcorn bucket person grab some and go, and you go, oh, here we fucking go.
1: <laughs> I asked them what theater they're in. Are you in 16? Uh, yeah. No, no, you're not now. <laughs>
0: And then you punch the popcorn out of their hands.
1: There's a showing at at 830. You're going to that one.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. I love this. That's that's. Yeah, I, I think that so, was a worthwhile pet peeve for sure.
1: I'm sorry that I shattered the illusion for anyone that is sensitive to movie theater noises.
0: <laughs> yeah, no shit. I'm going to notice that every time now. All right, let's roll forward into the show. Guys, a lot of stuff to talk about. We got Star Wars stuff. We got TV Corner. We got MCU updates. I missed the boat, so I'm catching up on that. Uh, We got some movie reviews. The new release exam is back for the month of October. And a whole lot more in between. But before we get to any of that, we got to start with some chic tweets. I call you a punk.
1: Before we do that, we got a little breaking news.
0: Oh, shit, breaking news. Uh, where's my button?
1: Break yourself, fool!
0: And that's when you break!
1: Tight. That goes for a while. (laughs) I never never noticed that. Um, Iron Iron Sheik says, hashtag breaking. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) What the fuck?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, shit, a scoop. Nope, just, uh, <laughs> just Sheiky Baby trolling us again, as he yep. is want to do. That's a good one, though. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I call you a punk. All right, want to shout out our sponsors. First of all, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description box for 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. Free! Mathis Designs, find our good friend Steph Mathis on etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs for all your stationary and graphic design needs. Pee. And of course, Mike's Wood, uh, find our buddy Mike on etsy.com slash shop slash cornfed and wed to get your wood Hmm. Hoopla! <laughs> all right, that's a good one. That's a SpongeBob, a Spongegasm, as it were. Um, all right, let's kick it over to me again for a word from our other sponsors wow what a the voice of our generation delivering the ads I, I can't even believe what I'm hearing there uh really you special mean, stuff co great job
1: when did we get superhuman and do our ads <laughs> whoop whoop
0: <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna jump into the show proper and uh we started doing this last week we got a bunch of headlines not time to talk about all of them but we got to jump into this week's quick hits let's do it
1: oh yeah all right, we'll start in the world of movies. Kevin Feige is involved with the Star Wars universe, will be in, I don't know how he's involved, but producing a film it sounds like at the very least.
0: I'm. This guy's taking over the world, I swear to God.
1: <laughs> uh, in TV, very, very happy but sad news. BoJack Horseman will have a final season. Part one debuts October 25th, and part two will, find, will be the final part January 31st.
0: It's probably going to be a really, really sad finale.
1: Looks hopeful. Uh, In more TV news, Stranger Things 4 has been announced and will not take place in Hawkins.
0: Ooh. Uh, You think they're going to Upside Down for the whole time or to another place in the world?
1: Russia. They're going to Russia.
0: Oh, shit. Okay.
1: That's what I think anyway. I don't know for sure. Um, In more TV renewal news, The Righteous Gemstones, one of my favorite shows currently, will get a season two on HBO righteous good god <laughs> and finally in tv no Ghostwriter show a show i was excited about but gabriel gabriel luna will not have his ghost rider show bummer and finally we have a little bit of video game news it's been a little bit but last of us 2 finally has a release date february 21st 2020 and we'll be on two discs
0: fuck that's gonna be a lot of space
1: will be and finally Uh, An investment that both you and I made, the Oculus Quest, will be introducing hand tracking in
0: 2020. Uh, Big fan of the Oculus Quest. We both recommend it. Uh, Hand tracking is going to make the VR porn I watch that much more interesting. Pretty stoked about it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And that is the Quick Hits.
0: Awesome. Good quick hits this week. A lot of good stuff there. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on a little bit more news as we roll on. Uh, and we're going to start in the world of television uh, with an update from from one of Seth's favorite shows here. That's what she said. TV. So, Seth, the 21st edition, I think 21, of Big Brother recently came to a close. And it was not without its drama. Uh, it, it was a pretty big story even outside just the, the world of Big Brother fandom. Uh, about the winner and some shit that went on in the finale.
1: Yeah, so this one might take a little explaining. So for those who don't care about Big Brother, just skip, I don't know. There's a time code, look at the time codes. Um so yeah, Big Brother, I I did my recap show for a little while and one of the reasons I stopped it is because well, one the season wasn't great in terms of gameplay at that point. Wasn't looking to be any better. Didn't really get better until the last few weeks. But the other reason is that there's a lot of really shitty people in the house and it was kind of affecting the way that things were going um in terms of the perception and all that stuff and i just didn't feel like giving a lot a lot of these people more attention but um basically there's there's a small group of people in the house about three or four people who um were kind of acting very uh prejudiced towards uh women and uh, other races in the house um the prime example is the guy who ended up winning the show um, had been accused of talking down to women, being condescending to women, and there was also um, he won a competition early on in the show, where he basically had to banish four people in the house, and the four people that he banished were um, a, a black guy, a Mexican woman, a um, who, I know there's an old guy, <laughs> he's Cliff Hogg, my boy, uh, he's like he's like he's like sixty years old, and then um, I can't remember who the other person was. I think. A, a, I think, oh, I think then another black girl. And, and so they banished these four people, and everyone else in the house was straight white man or woman in their 20s. And so it just seemed kind of weird. His reasoning did make sense in the end because they all had volunteered. All these people who, who he put in there in this banishment all volunteered to do the same thing he did. He just won it. So there at least was some explanation there. But a lot of his other actions in the house. The way he talked about people, the way there is even a point where he may have even said a racial slur, but it got cut off by the cameras. All this stuff kind of led to believe and very strongly seem that he's not the most most politically correct person. And so Big Brother, for the first time really ever, uh, addressed these things. Because really these things have kind of happened before. whether it be like race or just discrimination or things like that, where people have made comments and they never really address it. They just kind of brush it under the rug. And the reason these things are known is because there's 24 hour feeds going on. And so those things get out, but the actual show itself does not show it. Well, this is the first season where they've done that. And so there's another guy the the winner, the guy who won, uh, his name's Mickey, his friend Jack also said some things and was called out when he was evicted from the house live in front of everyone. And he, was definitely scrambling and so basically what happened is mickey the guy who's the racist guy and his girl throughout the entire show were the final two and all the votes were cast everything you know everything had been locked in and then after the votes were cast to determine the winner they revealed all these things and questioned him and had people call him out and so when these people called him out especially the 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 black girl named kemi she she's the girl who um online she was voted out pretty early on and she she was really calling Mickey out for a lot of this stuff. She accused him on the show and, and and gave the evidence and all that stuff and he just was flabbergasted like his his face immediately went to like, whoa, what's going on? Uh, it's a really interesting video if uh, if anyone has a chance to, to take a look. but um, he he just was shocked and so when he was announced the winner of Big Brother when, You know, winning the five hundred thousand dollars, everyone voted for him to because he played the best game, and he did. But when he was announced the winner, he was not happy at all. He he basically just kind of was shocked. It looked like someone had slapped his mom across the face. Like that—that's the type of look he had. And I think it brought up a lot of interesting discussion pieces because you know, someone basically he just changed his life with the money he won. But at the end of the day. He maybe even ruined his life with the things he did inside the house by treating people poorly whether or not there was race involved he still treat treated people very poorly in the house and so and, and on a personal level not just a game level but on the personal level and so there's a discussion about that and it's it's cool to see that they finally called people out on it you know because that's something that they've never done before and it's interesting that the culture outside of the house finally made its way in so I don't know do you think that I guess in and if on the outsider's perspective here, do you think that they should have called them out before they voted? Do you think that it was the right for them to call them out after? Do you think they should even you know address these things at all or let you know, should they should they call them out in front of everyone first or should they give them time to respond after? I guess where where would you lie on those side of things?
0: I think at least in this case, to me, and I, and this is all the information I have about it, but it kind of maybe seems like the right move to have waited after the vote um because the people voting um they on purpose don't know quite everything that's going on right Mm -hmm. like that's an intentional part of being on the jury Mm -hmm. um and so the idea is that you're voting like there was a guy um in a prior season who lied the entire game about what his job was and won the game Mm -hmm. and that was only possible because nobody knew you know him outside and so i think from a like the integrity of this game that is big brother i think it made sense that it was held and very intentionally it seems it was held until after the vote um Mm -hmm. now that said um i really hate that there always seems to be a person or two like this on these shows (laughs) And I know yeah. you're trying to get a demo, you know, a wide swath of demographics for your show to keep it interesting, but they keep doing like it's every year that this has something like this. They don't typically go this far, but mm-hmm. in every reality show, there are people like this. And what I don't know, and if I if I had to defend the guy, which I don't, um, you never really know from what you see on the show, how a person is because of the way they edit things. Um, Mm -hmm. they can edit you into a bad guy if they want to. Now I haven't seen this footage that makes him sound like a bad dude. It could be very well, just the shit that comes out of his mouth. And it sounds like some of it at least is, but, Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I sometimes hesitate to draw conclusions about people from reality shows because of that. Like you could edit our show to make us sound like complete dicks if you wanted to, um, so I don't, I don't really know if this guy truly is a shitty racist guy, then shame on them for letting him all the way through the game, not the producers, but the people voting like at some mm-hmm. point that shit's got to kind of rise well, above the other game positioning and stuff that happens in the, the cr- in the game. But
1: the crazy thing about with him is that they tried, uh, they he, tried won, getting him out. he won between him and his, his lady, I believe they won 13 competitions and he won 11 of them. Jesus. Uh so like he he dominated it. <laughs> he dominated and every time he was in trouble or his his lady was in trouble, they won when they needed to and then they were in power for most of the season and then there was a point also too towards the end where he created just an insane lie when his lady was pretty much out the door. Uh Holly is her name. When, when she was out the door, um he created a lie that got her to stay. So he he pr- he laid a pr- pretty baller move move on the table. So yeah, I mean, they tried getting him out, and a lot of people didn't like him just because he was a, you know, a very intense and and, um, you know, condescending person. Even then, they, you know, a lot of that, a lot of what they showed, like you said, they could be edited. But I also think too, I saw a lot of unedited, unedited, uh, vid- videos on Twitter of mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff he said and the other guy. And so, uh, you know, I think I think a lot of what happened was because people saw the unedited stuff and called Big Brother out on it. And especially in the world we live in today. Um, you know finally Big Brother decided to address it and so I think a lot of what was said maybe minus some like racial slurs that possibly were said were were definitely you know uh, true but at the same time like you know this this guy may not even know what he's doing and this could just be a wake-up call for him too you know that's and true. That, that's that that's the thing that I think that's the min interesting afterwards is he hasn't come out and been like absolutely not. I didn't say these things. Um, you know, she is being oversensitive like he's come out there and said, you know, I, it's never my intention and, and all that stuff. And, you know, this has been a learning experience for me more than anything and all that stuff. So that could just be someone telling him to say those things. But at the same time, part of the way he reacted made me think too, like, Oh, he, you know, didn't realize, you know, he didn't, the way he's being perceived means something to him, you mm-hmm. know? So I don't know. It's, it's interesting for sure.
0: This is super interesting because there has to be room for that. Um mm-hmm. and you know, the 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 PC police, as it were, and I don't mean that as a derogatory, I, I consider myself one of them, um, mm-hmm. have to be open to people who don't realize what they are and how they're acting and for them to learn. So if he truly didn't realize what he was doing and this is his wake up call, great, you know, maybe one less shitty racist in the world. Um mm-hmm. and I think I do, I think that this is maybe the proper way for Brig Brother because the point of that game is that outside shit doesn't come in. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it's only the perceptions and thoughts about the people in the house that are allowed to affect the game. But I, I think where 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 CBS and Big Brother have a chance to improve is to not put people in that in the first place because mm-hmm. you run the risk of giving them a platform. And they're, yes, they're going to have to deal with the real world once they come out, but still millions of people just watch that. And some of them were agreeing and fist pumping and got really stoked when he won. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. This is a tough one. Uh, for reality shows and I don't reality TV isn't my thing anyway but uh, we're seeing a lot lately of people getting sort of vetted more intensely on the things Mm -hmm. they do and say and I think this is just another sort of uh, stone in that sidewalk that the the world in general, especially the media world is, is I think going to continue to crack down harder on stuff before they put people in shit, but there's always mm-hmm. going to be one of these controversial guys. There's always an asshole on the bachelor, you know, <laughs> uh, it, it's always, uh, it's, it's for drama, you know? And so they got right. what they wanted because we're talking about it. Um, but I think it, it could potentially be a growing experience for him. Um, and you know, half a million isn't so much money that I'm like, fuck that guy. He shouldn't get that amount of money. But, um, you know, if he learns and grows, great. Uh, if CBS knew what they were getting and allowed that to happen the entire time, shame on them. Um, yeah. And I, that I wouldn't put it past them at all. But uh, it's certainly interesting. I have to go watch this video. I have not done that yet. I will certainly link to it in the description box in case you guys want to watch it
1: as well. Let Let me ask you this real quick one one that I thought was interesting that they did. Um, so there's there's this, this couple that in inside of the house, uh, they they were very hot and heavy together. I think they even said "I love you" and stuff. The girl got voted out pretty early. She didn't go to jury, the jury house, which for big brother purposes, the jury is the people who vote on the final winners. And they, once once you get to the jury point, you are secluded inside of a house. You still don't, it's a different house. There's not cameras constantly going or whatever, but you don't get to see what's going on really in the house and you don't get TV or anything. So the girl went home, got to live her regular life, see a TV, saw what's going on, on on the game. And then he got voted out to the jury house with another girl that they got hot and heavy and stuff in the house, in the jury house and they nice. showed like they were trying to be coy and not do it on camera but then like the cameras were not done rolling <laughs> and and so they were they were showing these two like she was like jumping up on him and they were like kissing and stuff and so they like again it was, they thought that the cameras weren't rolling anymore so when they came to all because at the end of the show everyone comes together and they question each other and all that stuff and talk about the season and so they address that and he was really upset and a lot of people were upset online that they showed this and that didn't get they didn't give him time to explain it to her and say like hey i you know ended up with with this girl do you think do you think big brother should have done that
0: um i say yes i like that's that is i mean obviously that's shitty especially for that girl uh who was waiting on him maybe on the outside but like yeah I think that is still within the realm of fair play for dramatic TV purposes because what they knew each other two weeks and she got kicked out and then what she was expecting him to not fuck the probably super hot model when he was alone in a house with her for a month.
1: (laughs) You're right. She was a model. Of course,
0: like that's I mean, they they build the show. They build the show for shit like that, and they got what they wanted. I yep. I don't see a problem with that. Now, on a wider scale, morally and ethically, probably pretty fucked up. But in the world we live in with reality TV, I, that's fair game. These people know what they're getting into.
1: Hell yes. And yeah, that, what you that, don't that know,
0: she might have she might have had someone on the outside too, but there wasn't a camera True. on her.
1: Well, there's also two, there. This I don't think this is officially confirmed, but the girl that he ended up with inside the jury house um, had a long-term boyfriend before they left and like (laughs) and he like threw her a party and all this stuff before she left and then within the first week she hooked up with the guy who won in the house and then he moved on and she moved on and like it was just crazy i I love big brother
0: (laughs) dude you get a bunch of sexy ass 20 somethings in the same house and say this is all you have to do yep that's that's gonna happen yeah (laughs) yep and then there's the one old guy on the outside that's just like well i guess i'll just you know play golf or something while the young kids are fucking (laughs)
1: that's pretty much what it was because all of the 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 non-straight white 20 year olds were basically on their own so that's where like my boy cliff was um (laughs) (laughs) he's hanging out but yeah no it's i and it sounds like too um that they're Talking about doing a season next season of bringing a bunch of people back, and I think part of the reason they're doing that is they're going to bring back a, a handful of people from this season because it just seemed like this season was was uh, mirrored with a lot of different controversy and stuff. And so, um, and there's a lot of people that the fans liked because they stood up. There was a whole point this season where, uh, like, a group of eight, eight or nine people were bullying those people who are on the outside like wouldn't let them in and hang out with them and just kind of banish them essentially and it was led by those potentially racist guys and so there was a lot of that going on like the anti-bullying and all that stuff and one of the guys uh big fan favorite and stuff and he is a guy who who's always advocated for anti-bullying at his school like he was a big speaker and all this stuff and so um i think that's i think again i think to make up for it we're gonna see definitely a lot more of a change in that going forward but I think a lot of those a lot of those people will be kind of offered a chance to come back to so um, really interesting stuff one one of the more not the best season in terms of like gameplay and all that stuff pretty standard a couple cool moves here and there but overall an interesting change in the way big brother normally is and uh, just a good change in general if they want to continue to make the show relevant and and something that people can feel good about watching because in the past it hasn't been
0: (laughs) yeah i can dig it i i would love if this doesn't exist someone please make it who's more talented than than me um i would love a documentary about the making of a season of big brother or any other um any other reality show because i want to know how much producers actually are driving it i get the sense that they're driving most of it but you never quite know and I would love just to peek behind that curtain to them saying like, okay, here's this guy who's obviously a racist. We need him and we need a very outspoken black woman and let's hope they get into a fight. Like that; those are conversations that almost definitely happen. Um, mm-hmm. And I would love to just like see, people would probably get arrested if they put that shit out, but I would love to see what happens behind the scenes on that. Mm-hmm. So if you're a Big Brother fan, uh, you probably have seen this video already, but we're gonna link to it in the description box in case you wanna see the, the ending of big brother 21 and uh i'm assuming seth that they're they're confirmed for another season uh this this spring or summer
1: i believe so i mean they they have the casting call out and everything like that so but yeah if you, if you want to see someone uh who is being covered a confetti and confetti and not look like you want a half a million dollars look just look like his world is over <laughs> it's a really interesting sight it'd be <laughs> like if it'd be like if tom brady won the super bowl and like like just walk to the the locker room right after. Like he just didn't give a shit.
0: <laughs> uh he may do that in February, but that's for the sports show. <laughs> uh, let's keep it rolling. We're gonna keep it in the world of TV, and uh Seth's got a couple additions uh from the summer slate of the T V corner.
1: Television
0: down
1: on the corner. Nobody puts uniform.
0: So Seth, a couple of shows both from AMC. Have been a favorite of yours over the years. Uh, one series finale and one one season finale. What are you going to start with?
1: Does AMC stands for like America's Movie Channel or something?
0: Uh, I've actually one? never known AMC stands for.
1: The Ass Munchin Channel.
0: American Movie Classics.
1: Okay, so yeah, movies. Um, they don't do many movies anymore.
0: <laughs> no, well, I'm sure th- I know they show them. I think I watched all of the Rocky movies on Thanksgiving a couple yeah. of years ago on AMC. Yeah, but they're way more famous for their TV now.
1: Yep. Anyway, that's a sidebar uh, for the Ass Munchin' channel. Um, <laughs> okay. Oh, that's nasty. Or. That's awesome, bro.
0: Depending on your taste. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah, so we will just start with uh, the one that was on first. Uh, Fear, Fear the Walking Dead. I don't even know what season this is, to be honest. This was five. So yeah, this is season five of Fear the Walking Dead, which is crazy. I can't believe gone that's gone that far, but it has. Um, so basically i don't know what happened this season um i didn't pay that close attention but um (laughs) what i know is that the the basic gist is that at this point now we're we're really the only there's like two original cast members left in the entire thing and uh the original cast members aren't even like the main characters anymore like the one girl alicia who's been on since the beginning kind of is a main character like she she kind of i guess i'd say she's probably like 35% Thirty five percent of the time, but really, the show has become Morgan's show. Who is uh, original cast member from the original Walking Dead, who who made his way over last season, and really, this has become way more about him. Um, but the main the main I overall plot was that they they're kind of all now traveling, like the group with with Morgan and everything. They're traveling and helping people, like they're leaving boxes for people, and uh, like have walkie talkies. And if people need help, they go help them out. And so the first half of the season is. Based around um, these these group of kids, they're kind of left on their own. All the parents died, and they're just like kind of a group of kids living out in the woods in like this treehouse. Um, and I believe they're still in Texas. And there's like this power plant, a uh, nuclear power plant that's beginning to erupt and things like that. So the zombies are getting infected by the radi- the radiation. And so if they kill their zombies, then they get infected with radiation, give them cancer and all this stuff. And so there's, they're basically the, they don't want to leave these kids, and then, um, the kids don't want to leave, and then this group is trying to get them to leave and save them and stuff. That's kind of the, just the first season, or first half of the season. The second half, uh, they encounter these, like, trucker people who are traveling and trying to, um, take over, or trying to find a source of gas and, and things like that, and there's also, like, this group of, uh, people who ride horses, like, I won't say they're cowboys, but they're, they're, they're like a, a, battling group. And so there's just like this struggle of almost power with this, this gas hub. Um, I don't know. Like it's not, I wouldn't, I would say the the season overall, it's not a bad season. It's just like, not, not great either. Like it's, it's just very, if you're a fan of the show, it's nothing bad to be like, Oh, you know, the, the show sucks. Uh, where like some of the seasons of walking dead kind of went just kind of went completely out there this season just didn't really try anything like crazy like at least with walking dead when seven of the seasons were bad they would try kind of out their things and like you know maybe try and push some different things in different directions this one just kind of felt like middle of the road um they, they, nothing really crazy happened no one really died it just was very meh um that's all I'm going to say about that, I guess. So I would say the season of Fear of the Walking Dead, 2.6 decaying corpses out of five.
0: Yeah, that's... I, I've never watched that show, but that's... I don't know. I get the vibe of that entire show being that, just kind of unoverwhelming. overwhelming Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, you know, fine. I guess it, it's really fucked up that, we, that we're that we like, yeah, no one got murdered. It was boring, <laughs> but I, I still, I take your point uh, on a show that is yeah. kind of based on murder, or at least is a spinoff of a show that's based on murder. Um, it must seem boring to not have anyone fucking die, but are you going to continue yeah. on with this show? I know it's got more seasons coming.
1: Yeah, I'll probably keep going with it um, as long as they continue, I guess, like in the Walking Dead universe and all that stuff. I think the thing that was interesting with the original series is that it was focused more on the beginning or I guess not original series, but original seasons of this series, is it was focused more on the beginning of the zombie outbreak. So you start to you, you started to see civilization break down. You saw more of that, because the original Walking Dead really kind of skipped that. When Rick woke up, he's already in this world. When he woke up from the coma, he was already in this world. And so you're just existing in this new zombie world. Whereas Fear of the Walking Dead was cool, because they started to show how civilization broke down and how we got to the point where Rick was and now they've, they're not like they got to a point where they were caught up with the walking dead because Morgan joined them. And then the walking dead jumped like six years. And so we're left here in the point where the walking dead was a couple, a couple seasons ago. And you know, at this point, it just like it's hard to do anything new because the original walking dead has done it like they've introduced all these different groups and they've introduced these crazy villains and all that stuff and you know i like i like a lot of the characters they have in this show like i really like morgan i like alicia the girl from the you know mate from the beginning all that stuff a lot of these side characters but at the end of the day nothing super interesting is happened is happening so i don't know if i can i can't say like oh go watch it like the last season of the walking dead they tried different things. They did the chime jump. They added new characters. They made it feel fresh. And they they really added like a menacing different villain with the Whisperer. So like it was interesting. I was hooked. I was in. I was, you know, happy to watch it and excited. Whereas this show, I just kind of like to turn it on just to get it done with, you know, because it just didn't feel like anything was happening. So they need to do something next season and kind of spice it up a little bit because otherwise it's really just a filler between, a filler of zombies between the real Walking Dead right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and who knows? I mean, maybe it's tiding people over or not, Um, but uh, this was was season five of Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, More zombies to come. They've been renewed uh, for more seasons as well, so uh, we'll be keeping an eye on that one and uh, have another TV corner for you, hopefully better than me in a year from now. (laughs) (laughs) Let's turn to another show that is not getting more seasons because this was the series finale of another AMC show.
1: Yeah, uh, we have the series finale of Preacher, uh, which has kind of had some up and down seasons uh, throughout the time. I think this is season four. And so uh, they, they close it out here. So basically, for the overall recap of the show, Jesse is a preacher who uh, is basically, um, I wouldn't say given, but he's uh, and a power overcomes him where he uh, is able to get anyone to do anything they want. he wants by kind of just speaking with this voice it's like this voice that basically is control so he can say he could come to me and say punch yourself in the balls and i would do it without thinking you know just boom punch yourself in the balls. but he can do anything you know he can he can summon people to hell he did that with uh the character's name is Arsface. face <laughs> he can do that with he can do that he can summon people to hell he can control god even so um very powerful thing and along with that he's you know a skilled fighter and all this stuff but uh, we left off last season, he's on a search for, for God, I think he's. I think by last season he encountered him, but he wants to kill God, because God is, has become, um, he's left his, his position, his throne, and he wants to end the world, he wants to basically to bring the apocalypse, and so he's got uh, this group of people, God does, uh, led by this guy named Herstar, who's been a villain with, uh, with, with Jesse the entire time um jesse's working with his friend tulip who's played by ruth nega uh who's doing a lot of stuff recently she uh she was in she was briefly in hustlers i think um and and had a had a small little role she's she's and she's been nominated for like oscars and stuff so she's she's good i like her a lot um but and then his his vampire friend cassidy is the other person he has with him but um basically the whole season is just kind of them trying to get to god and, and kill him and and uh kind of make sure that world doesn't end. And so we have, we have that going on with, with a plot line. There's also a character who's been there from the beginning who's, his name is escaping me right now, but he's like this, this big guy from hell who's like a, 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 a not a cowboy, I guess, but think of like Red Dead Redemption. He almost kind of looks like that guy, but he's, you know, he's got <laughs> these guns that can shoot from, shoot from basically half the world away and kill people. He's just like this guy who can, he's basically like, Almost like Satan in a way, he can just kill anyone, and he's that's his only mission. And so um, he's he's looking for retribution on Jesse from the first season, I believe. Um, and so he's part of the season. He's chasing down Jesse um, while Jesse's chasing down God, and, and then there's this whole storyline kind of with Tulip and and Cassidy who's the vampire, Tulip is Ruth Nega and they and they they've kind of got a weird thing going on, and they're they're also loyal to Jesse, so there's that back and forth going. Um, but basically it all kind of culminates in the end with you know like all these showdowns kind of going on Um, I would say again as a whole I didn't I I really liked last season more it just seemed like they had a because they weren't like in a last season I believe this was a shortened season compared to the other ones it seemed like like with a lot of series finales if they try and pack in a lot of stuff in a weird amount of time in a weird way like it almost felt Like, they had an idea of what they were doing the first five or so episodes, and then they were like, oh, crap, we're running out of time. And then they just kind of started to smush some things in there and rush it through it. And so it just didn't feel as deliberate as as it wanted to. It felt like they maybe wanted to go another, you know, two seasons uh, after last one. So just felt like pretty rushed. But what I will say is that the the actual finale itself, I did really enjoy. I felt like the way they actually wrapped it up, did a little bit of a time jump and things like that. I, it made sense with the way they went to it, and it it was satisfying for me. At least it was satisfying in the end. So I enjoyed the idea that they had with it, and that the the meaning behind it, and things like that. So that was cool. But the the overall season up to it just felt a little jumbled, a little rushed, um, and not exactly focused like I like I would have liked it to. So um, overall, I would say it wasn't a bad season for fans of Preacher. Uh, I think they enjoyed it for the most part. Um, I think that. If you weren't a fan of preacher going into this, then this is a a series you can probably just skip in general. Um, You know, it's not not great. Like if you know the comic book or if you're you know like any of the actors and stuff, then you know maybe check it out, give it a give it a shot for the first season. If not, you can definitely skip this. This is not you know a a you know catch it right now show or even really that binge worthy of a show. Uh, So the last season, I'll I'll give it. three out of five jesus christ
0: (laughs) i like it jesus 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 christ 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 uh that is the score for the final season of preacher which is on amc if you do want to check it out um i don't know if it's on any streaming services so you might have to get the amc app to watch it do you know
1: yeah probably just uh just the amc app i would assume
0: well there you go uh preacher final season gets three out of five this week in the TV corner.
1: Television. Down on the corner. Nobody puts in a corner.
0: You got anything coming down the pipe for future uh, TV corners?
1: Um, maybe not next week, but there'll be I know Gemstones will be ending soon. Um, yeah, there's not I mean a lot of the summer series have kind of ended, so we're definitely picking up on the the premieres here for the fall season. All the CW shows come back in the next few weeks. Mr. Robot's back this week. We just had um, Good Place and the Goldbergs and the Schooled, which is the Goldberg spin-off show, all come back this week. So my TV lineup is very, very full full right now. I picked up a couple of pilots, too, uh, just based off some reviews. I believe um, uh, Emergence is one that I've seen some good things on. This girl kind of has like telekinetic abilities. And. Um, Stumptown with uh, with uh, Robin Sparkles from uh, How I might You. You're Mother. gonna watch that. Getting good, it got good reviews. It, really, a lot of people really really like it. So uh, I think I'm gonna check it out. Just maybe give it a few episodes to watch, and if I don't like it, I'll stop it. If I do, then I'll keep going. But um, yeah, a lot of stuff is uh, is coming up, and uh, Big Mouth comes back this week too. Fuck yeah, uh, that's and, awesome though. Yep, This Is Us is back right now, and uh, I believe bunch of other stuff whole 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 bunch of stuff coming out so um a lot of tv to watch at the moment
0: oh yeah for sure uh Stumptown set in portland oregon just north of you boy yeah so uh, i may yeah. watch it see if i can see some uh, some landmarks but um all right well more tv to come but we're gonna switch over to movies and we've got one little bitty piece of news that's gonna roll right into our mambo number five so let's uh let's get at it here quiet on the set can we please have quiet on the set movies all right well uh, a small update to a a piece of news that we uh, covered in detail a few weeks back maybe about a month ago now uh spider-man and sony and the mcu and seemingly out of nowhere it it almost seth seems to me like they were waiting for the news cycle to end (laughs) on the previous shit uh because the drama has ended and sony and marvel have agreed to share spider-man for a little bit more time. Uh, they will be jointly working together on a third movie in the current Spider-Man series. In addition to that, uh, it sounds like Spidey will appear in at least one other MCU movie. So uh, this seems like the compromise everybody wanted. Sony's going to continue with their Spidey-verse as well. Um, And I, and of course the, you know, they'll want Spider-Man to be in those in the future, but we're going to get more MCU, which to me is welcome news because I really love where they ended the last movie. And it's exciting to me to know that they're going to get to wrap up the story that they're setting up. And also that we could potentially get a more graceful write-off of the MCU um, than it would have been without. So I I think this is welcome news. I imagine you're happy too.
1: Yeah, no, I I, I I, expected this 100%. Honestly, I thought it would happen sooner than it did. So when I when I read the news, I was like, yep, that's not surprising at all.
0: <laughs> so a lot of folks uh, will be stoked to know that Spidey is back in the MCU. And uh, as a piece of that news, like I said, he is going to be uh, showing up in at least one other MCU movie during this time and teaming up with with another Marvel character. So we decided for this week's Mambo number five that we would uh, come up with our dream list of Spidey MCU team ups. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. So these are going to be uh, Spidey team ups with either existing or uh, potential future MCU characters. And so uh, basically, yeah, this is a dream list. So we, we got to figure out um, you know, who, who do we like and why. Uh, to team up with our friendly neighborhood Spider-Man.
1: Number five.
0: Uh, number five. So uh, you'll find that a lot of mine are about witty back and forths between Spidey and other characters. And I think a good place mm-hmm. to start down that road would be with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I, uh, I think him and Quill would have a good back and forth and a lot of pop culture references for sure between the two of them. And then him and Rocket obviously building some gadgets and shit. Um, and then especially now that Thor is hanging out with the guardians, that whole group would be very fun for me. And also the style of fighting that they all do is, is really cool and potentially complimentary, uh, to have Spidey involved there. So it seems to me like a kind of obvious answer, but I have the guardians here at five.
1: I like that. I, I, that they were, they were definitely an honorable mention for me. Um, but my number five is kind of a cheat because they're technically a Sony character, but could be in the MCU as well, just because of the whole deal. Um, and for me, that's uh, black cat. I have it number five. And uh, Black Cat is a character that he's teamed up with a lot in the comics and animated show. And I just want to see that on the live screen. That would be really cool to see. So um, definitely a lot of cool fighting involved. And they have a lot of chemistry and stuff like that. Even like a flirt flirty thing. And, um, you know, I, I would definitely, definitely enjoy seeing that on the screen. I think it'd be fun.
0: Yeah, they had her on the Spider-Man PS4 game. And uh, very cool stuff in there as it relates to Black Cat. Um, I always loved that in the animated show too. So I would be totally down for Black Hat teaming up with Spidey.
1: Number four.
0: Okay. So I'm, I'm hopeful that these guys will be back in movies, um, uh, but they are so far going to have their own show, uh, Hawkeye and the winter, not Hawkeye, sorry. Um, Falcon and the winter soldier. I always get those mm. two mixed up. Um, I think that in Captain America, civil war, those three had a really funny little engagement, uh, with the airport fight. That was sort of separate from everyone else. And there was some cool witty shit between uh, Falcon and Spidey. And then he had the whole, oh, cool, you have a metal arm thing. So I think Peter would kind of idolize the Winter Soldier for his badassery. And then kind of, you know, share barbs with uh, with the Falcon. And I'm really stoked for that show. It might be the show that I'm most excited for because I love those two characters. Um, so to throw a Spidey in the mix, I think would be pretty dope.
1: My um, number four, you, you've kind of mentioned it a little bit in your last one, but Thor, I think would be an interesting team up. Mm-hmm. Um, just you know, Thor, Thor alone, I guess in, in this, in this sense, um, definitely now with the way Thor is, you know, he could even keep him as fat Thor potentially. Uh, but I think uh, with, with the way that he, you know, the dry humor and all that stuff, I think it would be really interesting with Spider-Man. Spider-Man could, you know, do a lot of funny quips that, uh, maybe go over Thor's head and he reacts funny um, you could also maybe do some cool stuff with the with the hammer you could maybe have you know Spider-Man swing off of it and all that stuff too um, you know you use it in combat I think it'd be really cool to, to see the hammer and the web and, and all that stuff uh, used together so um, it'd be interesting I think with with him and Thor
0: I support it highly dope
1: number three this is
0: a pretty common rumor and uh, of course it harkens back to the original debut of Spider-Man Uh, But the Fantastic Four, I think, would be a good team up and I think would be a good way for them to bring the Fantastic Four into the fold. I I think this is maybe more likely where in Spider-Man 3 he comes across a character from from the Fantastic Four, but I would love to see him in their movie as well. Uh, Of course, Johnny Storm is sort of the quipster there, so him and those guys could be uh, sharing some jokes and whatever, and then uh, he could team up for some tech stuff with Reed Richards and and all that so uh and it, mainly this is the uh the old school spidey lover in me uh because he was originally introduced in a fantastic four comic i believe and so mm. i think it'd be very fun to see them all together again
1: yeah I, I like that i think i want to see what the fantastic four actually looks like mm-hmm. um you know who, who's cast and and all that stuff um but uh yeah i mean if if they honestly i just want to see a good fantastic four first <laughs> so you know we'll, we'll see what happens there but could definitely be interesting. Um, for my number three, I have Doctor Strange. I'm gonna kick you um, on that one. Kick it, okay. Yep. Oh. I was wondering. Number two.
0: We didn't have to kick Strange very far. Uh, I have him at number two here, and mm. it's I for me, it's based off of uh, Infinity War and their interactions in that movie. Um, mm-hmm. And again, you know, going back to what I said about the Winter Soldier, Peter, I think, could really idolize Doctor Strange and be fascinated by the shit he's doing, and try to break it down scientifically and stuff, and. Uh, obviously, you know, they could be doing a bunch of pop culture references, and Strange could be that sort of um, I don't want you as my mentee kind of guy, like Tony was early. Um, so, I, I don't know. I really like the two of them. And Benedict Cumberbatch, I think, has really kind of what they did with Thor, where he became far more comedic uh, in Ragnarok. I, I think it seems like they've done a little bit of that uh, with Doctor Strange since his standalone movie. He seems to be a little more funny. Um, in the the, uh, team-ups than he was in that. So I could see him going more comedic and and making a really good partner for Peter.
1: Yeah, he's more, he's definitely, um, he's funny in like a Tony Stark way, Mm -hmm. just like where he's uh, with his put-downs and kind of like, almost like judgments in a way. Um, I don't think he's like, you know, stupid funny like Thor where, you know, like it's the jokes on him. Like he's more making the joke, you know. Uh, My number two is uh, Ant-Man. Uh, kind of, kind of along the lines of of what you uh, what you're talking about with with the jokes and things like that. Uh, I think Paul Rudd and, and Tom Holland would have really great chemistry in the movie. Um, also, you could do some cool things with, you know, so especially some funny jokes too with making Spider Man small. Mm-hmm. You know, to, Paul Paul Rudd could you know shrink Spider Man and be like, oh, you're a real spider, and and actually do that though. I mean, could it'd be really cool to see Spider Man, um, you know, sw- swing uh as a little small person you know like a little as a little you know the size of ant-man but swing around and and use his his spider powers in that way so uh, i just think just the basic chemistry and and some cool things they could do with with size even maybe make spider-man huge you know um you could do that too so all that stuff i think would be fun to see um enacted
0: that's really fucking dope that might be my favorite idea in, in including the ones on my list um, cause then you, I mean, there'd be obviously some funny jokes where they encounter a spider when they're small and there's a spider yep. and an ant there doing, um, I'm all there for that. I, I don't like the idea of there being giant spiders, um, on screen, <laughs> but I would support it, uh, for something like that. That could be very cool. Combat. I will say this, the second Ant-Man movie stunk, but some of the combat in there was dope. Like when he, when he mm-hmm. really knows what he's doing with the bigging and smalling, uh, there's some really, really fun action stuff to be had with Ant-Man
1: number one
0: uh people have been kind of clamoring for this online for a while now um and that's for peter and shuri from the black panther to um Mm. to sort of team up and uh, i I expanded it for shuri and the black panther because i think shuri and peter would be good um potential love interests even though i know they're pretty far down the mj road right now um, but them sort of talking tech and all that. But the fighting with Black Panther and Spider Man could be so dope because both of them they have probably my two favorite fighting styles in the MCU. And to see the two of them teaming up and using super cool Wakanda tech, uh, plus you could get a new super cool Wakanda suit. Oh man, I'm I'm all revved up for that now.
1: Um, yeah, no, it could it could definitely be cool. I, I do like I do like both those characters, um, but my number one is the one that I think that that everyone has been talking about since since uh, all this kind of came together uh, one that's been done in the comics constantly uh, one of people's favorite team-ups in the comics just because of the quips and the jokes is uh, him at Deadpool it would be Spider-Man and Deadpool oh yeah um, they totally. do have, they do have they do have a ton of um, Spider-Man Deadpool comics out there uh, it's one of some of people's favorite runs and and you know Ryan Reynolds and Tom Holland quipping at each other would be would be really entertaining to watch so Uh, I'd be totally down for that team up. Plus, again, you could have some really cool combat. You could have, even if you wanted to have them fight each other, you could have, you know, them, them fighting at each other and Spider-Man, you know, because Deadpool is basically indestructible. You could have him beating the crap out of Deadpool. um, And, and, you know, him joking around and stuff and some cool battles. So it'd be be fun to watch. um, And and definitely a very funny movie.
0: I like that one, too. Uh, Did you see the, there's a fantasy league with a bunch of these superhero actors in it. Did you see the Karen Gillan thing talking shit to Ryan Reynolds?
1: I didn't watch the video, but I have seen them, you know, p- posting stuff constantly. It's pretty funny.
0: Oh, the Karen Gillan one's pretty funny. She um, she does this whole big, long, elaborate thing where she goes to get a Deadpool um, action figure so that she can light it on fire, but she gets a Spider-Man one, <laughs> and she lights it on fire, and someone someone off camera is like, hey, that you know he's Deadpool, right? And she goes, uh, she goes which one's that? And then the video ends, so it's like a bar but her not knowing who Deadpool <laughs> is. Uh, that shit's pretty funny. Yeah. so that is our uh those are our top five wish lists for spider-man team-ups uh now that we know he's back in the mcu well we will see who he teams up with uh did you have any more honorable mentions i only had the five
1: no i just have the guardians you mentioned guardians that would be my only honorable mention
0: nice if we're missing any let us know on twitter or on facebook at soco show pod and uh I, I can't imagine there are many more options, but maybe there are some out there in the uh, not-yet-touched bin that uh, people want to see, so let us know. For now, though, we're going to keep it in the realm of movies, and we're going to play a little game called Making the Quota. What's your name? Fuck you! That's my name! <laughs> my name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote... All right. Seth has found a quote from a movie I need to figure out what movie and what character is responsible for saying the following words
1: where are you you spongy yellow delicious bastards
0: yeah I know this one um this is uh this is Woody Harrelson in uh, zombieland he's talked about Twinkies right
1: yep what's his character name Tallahassee yep
0: yeah uh, I see I the Zombieland sequel coming up. I, I go back and forth on whether or not I'm stoked for it, but I love the first Zombieland. I've seen it probably twelve times, so
1: mm-hmm. I,
0: I uh, that was that was a good one for me uh, to get uh, to get quickly because Zombieland's dope. You, you're a fan of that movie, right?
1: Yeah, I love that first one. Uh, I think I already have my ticket for the sequel.
0: Fucking a, I like it. I'll be seeing that one too. Um, so that was that was a quick and easy one. Zombieland. Uh, Woody Harrelson, uh, who, by the way, hosted Saturday Night Live this past weekend, and it was it was a decent episode. But there was a couple a couple of things in the episode that were really funny, including a a scene where there was a big mistake made uh, during the scene, and and everyone was breaking about it. So uh, I do recommend going back and watching the Saturday Night Live episode with Woody Harrelson and Billy Eilish, who's creepy as shit, um, but she had a pretty good performance on uh, on that episode. So uh, Woody Harrelson on Saturday Night Live and on Zombieland. For this week's Making the Quota. What's your name? Fuck you. That's my name. <laughs> my name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote. All right. So, Zombieland, a movie from 09 that we both saw that year. Uh, let's take a look at some old movies that we missed in the segment that we call We Missed the Boat. Oh. gonna need a bigger boat so it is my week uh to complete a movie assignment from our list for we missed the boat and uh i had a delightful experience uh with the movie i'm gonna, i saw i'll get into a couple reviews later on in the later segment but i saw three movies over this this weekend and they all made me feel so good and it was just a really good movie weekend for me. Uh, as far as we missed the bow, I saw I, last night. My girlfriend and I watched Wall-E. And oh, nice! What a cute little fucking movie that was. Like <laughs> I'm just grinning ear to ear just thinking about it. Like, oh man, they. This is Pixar, maybe at its most Pixar for me. And what I mean by that is, uh, what Pixar does in general is they take something that either you don't think about or you you don't think about as being like desirable and they make it mm-hmm. so impossibly fucking cute that you can't not love it and they take this goofy looking little robot wally and he is the most adorable thing if they built wallies and and you could buy them everyone in america would have one um, and there's even there's a cockroach in this movie that is the cutest little thing and no one likes cockroaches, but it's so adorable. I don't know. It just this it made me feel so good. Um, the the animation is gorgeous in this movie. Um mm-hmm. they're, they show a decrepit Earth, and then there's some space stuff. Uh, they're I mean, obviously with with what they're doing now, I think with like Coco that we saw uh, some some of the crazy crazy shit that they're doing, and and re- recently with Toy Story that you saw, um, but. You know, they were doing it way back when WALL-E came out as well. And between the look of this, the cute-ass characters, the sound design in this movie was excellent because there's like there's one human character, I think, in this. Well, there's a couple. Um, and other than that, it's all robots. And none of them have, like, I am a robot. And they talk like that. They all make weird, dumb other sounds that just vaguely sound like words and speech patterns. And... You, you know what's going on the whole way without understanding what they're saying for the most part. And I thought that was a really cool touch. Um, I found myself for a section of it, like on purpose trying to like point out, okay, like what words can I pick out and and, and not pick out and still know what's being said between the two characters. So I think what they did mm-hmm. visually here was really special. Here if I had to if I had to have one con and and it, it, this, I know for a fact, this landed better. When the movie came out, but now the people looking at screens and being fat and we ruined the planet and the point of this movie is to save a plant, like literally save the, for- the trees. Um, the, the the messages here seemed super heavy handed to me and again <laughs> it, they were built for whatever year this movie was made and I remember people talking about them at that time as being a real positive that added to the movie I didn't need mm-hmm. the the preachy message here I liked everything else um, but that said you know they had to have a motivation and a reason for the movie and, and you know mm-hmm. it, it was simple enough that it you know it, it didn't distract to me from the cuteness Um but uh, it, I think that would have landed with me better had I seen it in the original time that it came out. But that's a small criticism. I mean, everything that happens with relation to the plot is cute. Uh, my favorite, <laughs> my favorite robot actually is Mo, who um, he is a little tiny one that cleans stuff. <laughs> and whenever he sees something dirty, he goes foreign contaminant, and it's just this <laughs> oh little God. fucking this little noise that I every time I, I, I smiled every time I heard it. Uh, I, I I really dug Wally, man. It it was simple, it was short, and it made me feel really good. So it was a nice Sunday night watch for me.
1: Good. Yeah, it's been a while since I watched it. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I def- definitely remember having similar reactions and, and feelings after watching it too. A movie that initially when I saw it, I, I kind of was like, or before I saw it, I was like, oh, that looks kind of dumb or not even not even maybe dumb just like kind of boring almost for like a pixar movie but turned out to be really great and uh, i really enjoyed it
0: a um special appearance by is it jeff garland is that remember. the is that the dad from um that is the goldbergs, goldberg's? Yeah. yeah that guy plays the the one uh, uh human character in this and he <clears> was <throat> awesome in this he was he's kind Man. of a bumbling guy and he's got a really fun uh a really fun story here so uh, shout out to him for sure um, Pixar man, and I don't know if this is what you meant to do. Are, are you trying to butter me up for Toy Story by having me watch Wally?
1: No, I'm not. Okay. Really, the only reason Toy Story is on there is because when we started this, the fourth one was coming out. So right.
0: Uh, I- even if that wasn't the intent, I-, I think that's what you've achieved here because I was just so warm and happy when I finished this that it made me think. Okay, I f- sometimes I forget how great Pixar is at everything they do. And it made me think, all mm. right, I probably better go back to Toy Story. So that's another one on my <laughs> list uh, that I will probably be sliding up the list um, and and watching sooner rather than later. So uh I, mission that you didn't intend accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the problem that I have now, though, is that my list is down to four movies. And so I need you to go ahead and, and replace Wally on my list and round out my five.
1: Um, well, you mentioned, uh, you know, feel good movie, movie made you happy. I, I'm kind of running out of those. Uh, to put on your list. <laughs> Um, but I, I do have one more, uh, from this year that, that would constitute, uh, a good feeling. Uh, and that's going to be from really early on in this year, uh, fighting with my family.
0: Oh yes. Okay, cool. So this is the, uh, the true story of Paige, the WWE wrestler, mm-hmm. um, the rock shows up, uh, Florence, this is Florence Pugh, right?
1: Yep, I loved her Ooh, in Midsummer.
0: Uh, she was awesome. Yeah, in
1: <laughs> which gonna be really weird uh, <laughs> to see her from that movie, and then yeah, there's definitely no one uh, getting their head faces turned into a mask and uh, fighting with my family. So,
0: well, that's good. Um, that's good to know. Yeah, uh, obviously, I'm a I'm a wrestling fan, not a, not as big a one as you, but uh, certainly know the story of Paige a little bit, and um, hopefully they don't tell the entire story of Paige. Well, never mind. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I'm excited to see this one little behind the scenes, wrestling stuff, uh, young girl, uh, achieves her dreams. Uh, this sounds, uh, like a good, a good, uh, feel good one for me to watch. So I'm stoked, uh, fighting with my family. You just made the list. That's funny. It's a WWE and a WWE thing. There you go. <laughs> Boom. Fighting with my family is now on the list. Uh, next time it will be Seth's turn to watch a movie from his list for we missed the boat and what are your options right now uh
1: silence of the lambs nightcrawler v for vendetta steve jobs and the truman show
0: those are when you made the comment that you don't have a lot of feel-good movies for me yours aren't really feel-good either (laughs) Uh, a lot of dour uh like like literally dark movies in there but but, that's kind of your bag
1: Exactly. You're choosing movies for me uh, mm-hmm. that you think I would like. And, uh, you know, I've I've tried to keep I mean, there's there's a few on my list for you that are lower down uh, that are like the complete opposite of feel good, <laughs> um, but are really good movies. <laughs> so I'm just kind of holding off to put them up, put, put them on there.
0: I dig it. Uh, well, so far, so good with our We Missed the Boat experiment. Uh, WALL-E, yet another good edition. I'm glad I've seen it now uh, for this week's edition of We Missed the Boat. Oh, <laughs> I'm on a boat, AM! And... you better need a bigger boat. Alright, so we move on from Wally and we move into some movies from 2019 that Seth and I saw in the past week. Let's get into some reviews. Mom, what do you think? I love it! <laughs> I hated it! So I wanna start with a couple movies that Seth has already reviewed for this show, but I will be I I've now seen and want to be quick about. Uh, the first one uh and this is the reverse order in which i saw them but you saw and reviewed a while back uh, the peanut butter falcon which is uh shia labeouf and uh dakota johnson are in this and again a lot like i said for wally i just felt so good after i watched this movie um mm-hmm. this is the story of a, a kid with uh with down syndrome who escapes his uh nursing home where he's he's been living and sets off on a trip to meet his favorite pro wrestler. And along the way, he meets up with Shia LaBeouf, who's a kind of on the run, uh, sort of ruffian, kind of not so great guy. And they strike up this friendship that makes me so happy um, that the two of them get along so well. And and Shia, his character in this, um, he's really like nurturing and helpful and, you know, uh, helps uh, I'm, I'm forgetting the main character's name. Zach. Uh, Zach. Uh, Help Zach along his path. And they have some really fun little adventures. And it's... I, I hate to draw this parallel. And I may be showcasing my lack of expertise in the area of talking about mental health. But um, with Zach's character here, I thought he... He had this like childlike uh, character about him. In that he was really fascinated by certain things. And... Uh, Shia had to kind of baby him along at certain points and so it felt a lot to me like it was Shia and and someone much younger like a little brother to him and that really made me happy along the way it was and and to say more about the the the, the down syndrome aspect of it they never really went too heavy on that uh, to a point that it made me feel weird about it it this was just it seemed very matter of fact the kids got down syndrome here's the story. You know, and they didn't mm-hmm. steer steer a whole lot into it. There's a couple of scenes where he's kind of getting bullied, and you know, they they do the obvious stuff with that. But uh, I thought it handled it really well, and that actor did a really good job. Um, I I really was rooting for him the entire way, and and uh, Dakota Johnson plays a smaller role in this, but I really dug her in it. Mm-hmm. And it's got an interesting arc with its its twists and turns, but ultimately uh, you get to. Uh, have some really happy moments, and I I just felt so good after I left. I had a big bucket of corn at the movie theater and watched this, and I I came back with a warm heart on a cold night. So uh, that was a good one. Hi, I, I will double down on Seth's recommendation for the Peanut Butter Falcon. If you can't catch it in theaters, uh, watch it on VOD as soon as it comes out.
1: Which is crazy. Like this movie's hung around theaters since it came out. Yeah, um, it's been playing. It's been playing at all uh, multiple theaters here now in Cedar Rapids um, since it came out. And I think it's made something like $27 million, uh, which is pretty incredible for this movie. Uh, I know that the the two directors and writers of it uh, spent all their money and were offered a ton of money to uh, kind of change the lead of it and, and not have it be about someone with Down syndrome. And they stuck to their guns and, you know, they, they put all their money into it. Now they're getting to, uh, you know, see the benefits of it. They're making some good money out of it and they don't have to live in tents anymore. So... Uh, pretty pretty cool for them. Cool story.
0: It's awesome. Ninety five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I'm seeing total box office of sixteen point eight. That might not include this oh, last really? weekend. Uh, but the budget was only six point two million. So, okay. uh, those people have certainly made some money. Uh, Tyler Nilson and Michael Schwartz are the two directors, uh, for this one. Mm-hmm. Just a really nice movie uh, that I would recommend to anyone. Uh, and dude, Shia LaBeouf. I think I think we're in the middle of a Shia LaBeouf comeback, and I am so here for it. I love it.
1: Yeah, I think, um, I don't think this one, in terms of nominations, I talked about it before, I think this one doesn't really have a shot acting-wise or anything like that. Maybe, you know, like a original screenplay. Mm -hmm. But I do think Shia, you know, from the sounds of it, has a shot with that Honey Boy movie. I am so, so. if
0: we did a Most Anticipated for the rest of the year, that would definitely be on my list. I'm so, so stoked for that one. And he looks great in it. Uh, Another movie that made me feel so, so good over the weekend was Britney Runs a Marathon. And... Nothing really surprised me about this movie and a more cynical like 22 year old Cody might have hated it because it is so just like sugary sweet um, and, and and most of what happens is relatively obvious. It's got a pretty standard plot, but I think what drives this is the main character, uh, Brittany, who's played, is that Jillian Bell? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jillian Bell does a great job here uh, of reeling you in and, and getting you to root for her. And, uh, you know, this is something that uh, Seth reviewed a while back, but she is uh, kind of a a woman, uh, 27, 28 years old, that's uh, basically been a piece of shit for a while and is out of shape and her life kind of sucks. And she decides to take up running and, you know, as you'd expect, it kind of improves uh, her life in in several aspects. And, um, you know, she shows a uh, this is like screenwriting 101 to me. Like you have a character, she has an arc where she grows, she overcomes a challenge, and everyone feels good. Like it's not something that is going to shock your world or anything like that, but it just made me feel it was just like a big bucket of ice cream for me. Um I I really liked her. The supporting cast was great. And uh you know when you get to see her at various points where she's having wins uh, in her life, it 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 I I cried, I had happy tears uh, multiple times in this movie, and it was uh, I don't know, it's just very cool to see, and it's it's weird. I it sounds like I'm not loving this movie because I'm talking about how basic it is, but it's it's the right kind of basic where it's just like it's it's all the stuff that I would like to see in a movie, and none of the crap that I don't. So it's really efficient mm-hmm. with its use of screen time, uh, and yeah, I just would echo what you said, and I know Jared said the same that this is just a really nice feel good movie and um it was cool because you know seth you were talking about your whole weight loss journey from a couple years back when Mm -hmm. you really got into running and i watched this you know knowing that about you and maybe that allowed me to connect even more uh with her and with her character and as 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 time goes on and stuff and there was a couple scenes where i was like oh crap (laughs) Cause she's got this roommate who's always trying to ask her to like go out and drink with her. And she's like, no, I, I'm, I'm committing to this. I'm serious. And she's like, ah, oh, fuck you. Come out and drink beers. And I'm like, shit, I did that. So I was like, oh, I'm this <laughs> shitty little fucking Asian girl in this movie. But, um, it was, it was cool to watch it through that lens. I, I don't rem- remember seeing a movie that I felt like was that easy to connect to like that, obviously a story about someone I know. Um, it's been a while since I remember seeing something like that, so this was this was just really mm-hmm. nice. I I loved it.
1: Yeah, this is probably I mean a movie that I think I said it before as a movie that I that I've haven't connected to, uh, this, like in that in that personal of a way probably ever. Um, something that I could definitely put myself into a whole bunch and that for me made it made me love it even more than than you know I thought I would. Um, and I was t- I I, you know, I think we were talking too, but uh, for me I had going into this I had the lowest of low expectations like you know I saw decent reviews and stuff but I was like this movie doesn't seem like it's gonna necessarily be for me like intended for me at all just seems like this girl is gonna go try and run a marathon but then it just kind of unfolded and and the weight loss thing and like the you know going after your dreams thing like a bunch of different things that I that I did connect to plus it's it's pretty hilarious at times and and all that stuff it's it's Definitely, you know, in there for for one of my favorite movies of the year, for sure, on on multiple levels.
0: Yeah, I think uh, for me, both of these movies, Peanut Butter Falcon and, and Brittany Runs a Marathon, I haven't ranked them yet on my annual list, um, but they, they certainly are both threats to make my top 10 for the year so far. So it was a really good weekend for me at the movies. Um, and we turn now to what you watched, Seth. And uh, kind of the perfect opposite of Britney runs a marathon. Uh, Mor- Morgan <laughs> Spurlock kind of flipping that on its head for his newest.
1: Uh, so no, yeah, no, definitely nothing. You know, this one isn't isn't uh, doesn't have a lot of uh, you know emotional connection or anything like that. But you mentioned Morgan Spurlock. He did Super Size Me. Um, God, like fifteen years ago ish now, or twelve, I think they, they say in the movie it's twelve. Um, by the time he was filming this one, it had been twelve years since he'd done it. But uh, this so this is uh, Super Size Me two holy chicken and th- this one is more of a look at kind of the chi- basically you know back when he did super size me the big thing was the fast food burger and and you know a lot of a lot of them we're focusing on you know the speed and convenience and and price of of food and now we've seen over you know since he's done that movie and and a lot of it is probably to thanks to to the original super size me is that f- uh, companies are focusing on health and uh, you know the benefits benefits their food and why their food is good. And again, we've seen a lot of chicken restaurants. Chick Fil A has become a big one. Popeyes. We've seen a lot of these different you know chicken themed things. And so uh, instead of Morgan Spurlock going into this one um, eating chicken for thirty days, he changes it up here and instead he goes and wants to create a uh, chicken restaurant of his own. And and he does it in a different way than you know kind of what most people approach. He decides to you'll get his own chickens and raise them and, you know, do all the, you know, the, the processing and all that stuff through his own means, instead of, you know, getting the chicken from other companies. And um he, it, through the point of this is to expose what's really behind a lot of these messages. So he, this is the first, basically kind of what he says is like a truthful chicken restaurant, a, a, you know, no BS chicken restaurant that he creates, of course, called Holy chicken, which is the name of the movie uh, is the name of the restaurant. But, Inside this restaurant, um, you know, like with, and they point a ton of this out, and this this appealed to my side, having gone through business school and things like that. But they point out a lot of like, like when you go into like a Subway or a Chick Fil A or any sort of restaurant now, you see a lot of words like buzzwords like all natural and um, organic and and you know fresh beef and. Sustainable and all this stuff. You see these words on the walls. You see different colors, a lot of greens and um, wood colors and things like that. Um, you see, uh, you know, just pictures like Subway. You go to Subway, you see pictures of the food being cut and all that stuff. Basically, again, focusing on the ingredients, ingredients and health and like buzzwords. And his restaurant has those words, but he puts on there like what those really mean. So, like when he says, you know, all natural, that if you look at the FDA, you know, stuff like that, it doesn't really mean anything it just means that it's food you know (laughs) so it's so this movie is exposing a lot of what the world what is basically the restaurants and fast food have come to now is like nothing has changed with their food right like it's still the same food it's still done the same way same calories all that stuff but just now they they say it's healthier they say it's you know all natural when it's the same food as it was so a lot of really this is just kind of exposing the health portion of things and you know has it has he's exploring has things really changed actually since he did supersize me and, and all that stuff and there's of course there's some interactions with mcdonald's and and all that too and you know they 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 go into the industry of the of like the the chicken world i guess and because chicken now has really become the most popular fast food because of the perceived health benefits but you know is it really healthier than beef and you know how they cook it and all that stuff so a lot of really interesting things they dive into all all the while you know he sprinkles in the more more morgan spurlock comedy and things like that a lot of a lot of cynical takes and a lot of like funny funny you know jokes thrown in here and there and, and different like you know cartoons and and you know visuals and stuff too so i, I really enjoy M- morgan spurlock i know he had like a, a little bit of a you know a controversy back when me too was coming out starting and all that stuff and um you know i feel like he's kind of his i think was um more like inappropriate things he did in the workplace and texts and things like that and you know i think he's kind of gone away for a while and and you know he 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 was he came forth with all of his stuff before anyone said anything and all that stuff so you know as a person obviously he's done some crappy things but i also think he's he has taken some time and um, you know kind of learned from it and things like that too so on a personal level i felt okay with watching this i i, I am a fan of his in, in terms of his work um, you know he's done Supersize uh, super size me and he did that 30 day show and, and i think inside might even be called Inside Man on CNN, where he did a bunch of different things and looked at stuff in depth. I I just like his style. I think he's one of the better documentary filmmakers out there. And doing a follow-up to Supersize Me, I thought was, was apt in this time, just because like you said, things have really changed. I didn't really notice it. I mean, obviously, like, that's a big thing with restaurants now. But to me, that's become the norm. Like, when you walk into a restaurant, you see, like, those buzzwords. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you think – it does kind of make you think at times, like, oh, this might not be bad. If you go to They even point out, like, a, a Chipotle or around Iowa, it's a Ponchero's. Like, these burrito places that, you know, kind of show, like, again, natural ingredients. The food is right out there in front of you. They, they say all these things about the food. But when you look at the calories and the fat and everything – it really is no better than a burger and fries, you know? So, um, it's, it's just all about that, exposing that because of the way that fast food has changed. And I think it's interesting, especially if you, you know, do frequent fast food places, it's, it's interesting to know about like what you're getting. And you, you know, if, if you're, if you're a fan of, you know, any sort of fast food and, and it's not as, it's not as, um, you know, like eye opening. I guess. I mean, it is, but it's not as like with super size me, with all like the experiment he did with himself was way more like a almost like a shock because of how his body reacted this one doesn't have as much like a shock factor to it it's more of just like an eye opener like a here's some information for you you know do with do with do with it what you will obviously you're not going to stop eating at fast food places but when you start seeing those things just think about it and like you know try and you know make some just dis- make 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 a more informed decision about what you're getting and all that stuff. And obviously don't believe everything you read, uh, on, on those walls and stuff like that. So, um, I think the, really the most shocking thing was probably just like the, the, the way they, they did show a little bit of like the beginning of growing a chicken farm, you know, starting a chicken farm and like the way that they, they grow these, the grow the chickens and, and, and like just, the genetics behind it like chickens are having heart attacks because their bodies are growing so fast and it's not even because of like hormones That's really just because of the genetics now and like how they can birth these chickens and all that and and raise them is crazy Uh, and like how many chickens die and all that stuff but um it's interesting and and again not anything like too like i know when i saw super Size me i didn't have mcdonald's for a very long time and i still don't have mcdonald's very often like it's it's a very rare thing for me to have Um, and so this doesn't like, I'm going to still eat Chick-fil-A all the time, you know, like I love Chick-fil-A, it's tasty food. <laughs> so, um, you, you know, it's, it, this isn't going to stop me from going to fast food restaurants, but it definitely does. When I go into a fast food place now and I see the word all natural on the wall, I'm going to know that's kind of bullshit, mm-hmm. you know? So interesting for, for sure. Th- that being said, solid, solid documentary. If you like Morgan and Spurlock or just are interested to know more about the fast food industry at all and kind of know what you're getting yourself into, definitely worth uh, checking out uh, for sure.
0: I like the sound of this. I think that that's really, you know, the the documentaries that get talked about are the ones that are so shocking and crazy and shit. But I think on a wider level, documentaries are meant to do just that, just make you a little bit more informed so that you can make choices based on having all the facts. And, um, so I, I dig this. I, I've liked Morgan Spurlock a lot. You and I have watched, uh, I think you've watched more than I have, but I've watched alongside you uh, quite a few episodes of Inside Man, his his series, um, mm-hmm. which uh, at least for a while was uh, available on Netflix. And that's a really cool, if you like mini docs, they're all, I think, under an hour of 40 minutes or so because they're on TV. Um, so if you're into his stuff, that's a great way to get more of him. And he does a lot of, like he's a college athlete for some amount of time. That one was really interesting. Um, and then, uh, also if you like this kind of stuff, uh, Adam ruins everything is a show that I would recommend it's on true TV and, um, it may even be on Hulu. And I think old episodes are on Netflix, if I remember right. Um, but kind of similar, like, Oh, here's what they tell you. And here's what that actually means. Um, it, so a lot of that same stuff on those, but, uh, super size me too, diving into the world of uh, fast food chicken, which I love. So uh, maybe I will watch this so I can become more informed about where to get the best spicy chicken sandwich, uh, which was a big deal in the news this year. But uh, Morgan Spurlock's newest is getting a thumbs up from Seth if you're in the documentary having mood. And uh, for me, just uh, reiterating Seth's prior recommendations of, of Britney Runs a Marathon and the Peanut Butter Falcon. So uh, a pretty good, pretty good week for us this week in reviews.
1: Mom, what do you think? I love it.
0: For more on what's coming soon, uh, we're going to look forward at the month of October. Here comes the new release exam. So if you're new to the show, we do this every month. Uh, Seth has come up with a list of five of the biggest movies coming out in the month of October. And uh, I need to get three of these correct. And by getting them correct, here's what I mean. Uh, Seth is going to read a movie title, I need to come up with the actor, or sorry, an actor, the release date of the film, and the director. And if I can get three out of the five, we will continue to be known as the so-host and the co-host. If not, uh, Seth will simply be Seth, and I will have some sort of wacky nickname that he will give me for the rest of the month, Of October. So, Seth, I I think we've got a a couple movies here that people are really excited about, and then a lot of movies that I hadn't heard about. So, I I learned a lot about uh, some movies that are coming up for October, but what are the ones you're tasking me with for the exam?
1: Uh, Your movies are Gemini Man, Gemini Man, um, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Zombieland, Double Tap, and Lucy in the Sky.
0: Okay. Um,. I'll start by saying, "Lucy in the Sky" is is probably one of the movies I'm most looking forward to, uh, and I know it's got Natalie. And it's
1: getting. Is it getting good it's getting reviews? Butt reviews too. It's getting bad reviews. Butt reviews, are uh, like not good at all.
0: No, all the movies I'm looking forward to suck. <laughs> That's a real shame because the the premise and Natalie Portman had me really excited. I don't know who's directing that or when it's coming out, so I'm going to give that one up. Um, what, okay. what are what um, are those? Just,
1: just, Yeah, Lucy in the Sky comes out October 4th, so this week, um, but it'll probably be a limited release of October 4th, so it'll probably come out more wide later on. Um, Obviously, Natalie Portwoman is in this one, and Noah Hawley, um, who's been attached to a few superhero things recently, um, is the director of it.
0: I was going to say, I know I've heard that name. Um, Let's go to Joker, since that's the one coming out this week. Um, So, Joker, official release date, I guess, is October 4th. Uh, Mm -hmm. Todd Phillips writes and directs and Joaquin Phoenix is apparently amazing in this. So, uh, I am looking forward to Joker. We'll see, you know, it was in the news a lot this week, uh, with a little bit of controversy. So, um, we'll have to talk in a future episode about, you know, what we think of the movie and, and whether or not the controversy was, um, was warranted, but, uh, more Joker stuff to come. Um, you mentioned Gemini man. We were talking before the show. This is also getting crap reviews. (laughs) uh another movie that i'm looking forward to um that one is going to be releasing october 11th i believe and Mm -hmm. we have will smith acting across from will smith (laughs) uh which you can't get away from in the advertising if if you've seen any of that um and this is ang lee uh directing right correct sweet um As as you and I were talking about before, Seth, Ang Lee and Will Smith are both people who, like, the world loves to hate their shit, and so it's getting very poor reviews by the critics. I'll be very interested to see how the audiences respond, uh, and I'll certainly still be going. Uh, but Gemini Man is is an interesting project to me that I just really want to see how it goes. Even if I don't like it, I'm interested in it because they're shooting it in this like 120 frame rate and they're using this crazy CG character. So even from a technical standpoint, I'm stoked to see it, even if it is sucks, which apparently it does.
1: <laughs> Made a person out of another person.
0: <laughs> oh, OK. So my other two are Zombieland and Jojo Rabbit. Correct. OK, Um. I think I know both of these. Um, I'll start with *Zombieland*, uh, which is an October 18th release. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg mm-hmm. is one of the stars, along with Emma Stone and everybody else. And Thank then you. Is uh, I, say, I
1: wouldn't I wouldn't give you the points if you didn't say Emma Stone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair. Uh, and then that's it's it's Ruben Fleischer, right? Correct. Ah, sweet. Okay. Um, so I got my three. I'm going to go for the fourth. Uh, Jojo Rabbit is, is, is a little bit of a cheat <laughs> um, because <laughs> it, it comes out also on October 18th and is directed by Taika Waititi and stars Taika Waititi. <laughs> <laughs> There's some other people in there, including um, uh, Thomasin McKenzie, who you really enjoyed, and so did I, in yeah. Leave No Trace from 2018. So, um, Correct. Uh, she's a part of the cast as well, so... Uh, Jojo Rabbit's an interesting one. We'll, we'll see on that one. It's got a wacky premise, but, um, yeah, a pretty, pretty good slate of movies for October. And I, I'm assuming Joker is probably at the top of your list.
1: Uh, actually Jojo Rabbit's probably the one I'm most excited for. I've heard nothing but amazing things about that movie. I love Taika Waititi, man. He, he's, he's hilarious. He's got, and it sounds like this movie's got a ton of heart to it. Uh, I'm really excited for Jojo Rabbit.
0: Hmm. Uh, if you don't know, Jojo Rabbit features a young boy whose imaginary friend is Hitler. And uh, Hitler is played by Taika Waititi, who looks nothing like Hitler. So uh, <laughs> a wacky premise, uh, the, the kind of the kind of movie that only gets made because you're the director of Thor Ragnarok. Um, but yeah. uh, we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully it's as good as they say. I'm excited for it. But most importantly, I got four out of five movies correct. That means I'm the winner of this week's new release exam. Four three for the win. Yes! LeBron James the buzzer! I like it. I'm the king once again. And I, I've benefited from kind of a weak fall, so it's been easy to study for the for the big movies coming out. So we'll see as we get into uh, to November and December where there's a lot more movies that are a little bit lower profile, um, besides, you know, Star Wars. <laughs> we'll see um we'll see what we get coming down the pipe in future months. But for now, uh, I will remain the co-host and Seth remains the so-host for the month of October. So that's it for this month's new release exam. I like it. Good stuff. Uh, did you, Was that you?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I was like, I did not hit the wrong button because I took it completely off. The... <laughs> oh, I love it. Um the new release exam means we are just about finished with this week's episode but before we go we got to give you one more thing. But I'm down to one, one more thing. My one more thing is from video games actually. We had a couple quick hits from video games also. I'm going to add a one more thing. Um I just uh, over the weekend checked out Xbox's Game Pass Ultimate which is um, similar to... I know there's a service uh, similar to it on PlayStation. Uh, You'll have to tell me what it's called, Seth, where you subscribe on a monthly basis and you have access to an entire library of games, kind of like Netflix.
1: Yeah, um, PlayStation Now.
0: PlayStation Now, yeah. So uh, I I, I tried this on Xbox for the weekend because right now, and hopefully this deal is still out there uh, as of the time of this podcast releasing, but you can get two months of Game Pass Ultimate for $2.00. On Xbox, which is a great deal. I, again, I'm just I'm just trying to check this out, and um, there's a pretty good library of Xbox games on there that include all of the all of the uh, exclusives. So the reason I got it was so that I could play Gears Five. So essentially, I've rented Gears Five for two months for two dollars, uh, and I'm pretty happy with that economically. And just the way the service works has been really nice. It was easy for me to install the game once I wanted it. And um, it's playing really well. Um, it's installed down to the Xbox, so I'm not counting on streaming, which is awesome. Uh, Gears Five has been really fun. It's it's pretty much you know the Gears you know and love, uh, with a, with a, you know a new wrinkle or two and a shinier look. But uh, I've always been a Gears fan, so uh, that's been really fun to pick back up. But Game Pass Ultimate, I'm gonna give it a recommend, uh, especially if you can get the two months for two dollars deal. Check it out on Xbox if you're a Xbox gamer, and you can try all sorts of new shit that's coming out. Uh, so, yeah, uh, thumbs up. I, I was skeptical when I got it, but I was like, ah, for two bucks, I'll try it. And I was pretty quickly happy with my decision to do so.
1: Well, I'm happy for you. <laughs> have
0: you have you tried PlayStation now, and did you like it?
1: Yeah, we we tried it back in the day. Is that um, how we
0: played Shadow of the Colossus that time? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do remember that.
1: Yeah, that one's a little different because it doesn't do the, you. Ha- you mean, it's just streaming, so you can't download it. So it's a little bit different of a service, and it doesn't do brand new games. It's all uh, PS3 or older. I believe Mm. Um, so I don't know maybe PlayStation will do that in the future with newer games and do like a bundle type thing or give you a deal on it but uh, for now that's pretty cool you know if I had an Xbox I'd definitely be checking out Gears that way that'd that'd be pretty neat so um, my one more thing is actually slightly related to a movie you reviewed uh, Britney Runs a Marathon Um, last a couple weeks ago I forgot about this honestly but a couple weeks ago I had uh, with the Soco account, had followed them on Twitter, and they were given doing a little giveaway for uh, a piece of merch on, or a piece of, uh, I guess, I guess it's technically merch, but it's a an item from the movie. And so I retweeted the link and followed them on Twitter, and, and then uh, last week I got a message for them and said that I won, and and what I won, if you see the movie, uh, it's pretty great. But there's uh, there's basically one of the characters uh, has a Kickstarter for a bird poncho and exactly what it is, I mean, that that's, they explained it, it's a poncho with birds on it, uh, but it's revealed in a funny way and all that stuff, and so I am going to be the proud new owner of a bird poncho here in a few days, thanks to uh, the the kind folks at Brittany Runs a Marathon, so uh, shout out to them for, for that, I'll definitely be taking a picture with that on and, and posting that online, shouting, shouting out Brittany Runs a Marathon, but um, excited to get my bird poncho and, and, uh, Show it about town. Going to wear that every time I go out. Christmas formals, coming up for the <laughs> holiday, bird poncho. Uh, what? Whenever I get married, bird poncho. Um, you know, be even buried in it, I think, at my own funeral, bird poncho. So uh, get ready for a lot of bird poncho from this guy.
0: <laughs> I love this so much. Uh, <laughs> I, you knew I was going to the movie, and so you texted me and said, I got some merch, or I'm getting some merch from this movie because I won this contest, but I'm not going to tell you what it is until you see the movie. And as soon as I saw it in the movie, I was like, that's what he got, and that's so fucking cool. I'm so jealous that you have this, and I cannot <laughs> wait to see you in it. <laughs> uh, keep an eye out for uh, for pictures of Seth in his bird poncho, and uh, also keep an eye out for Xbox Game Pass Ultimate for this week's One More Thing. But I'm down to one, one more, t- more thing. Okay, want to give a, uh, a show production note uh for the next couple weeks before we wrap up today so I- i'll be traveling this next week and without really any time to uh record episode 115 uh, but don't fret there will be some soko goodness coming out next thursday uh we've been talking about this for a long time but we're officially going to commit to this now episode 115 of the show will feature our first slate of soko sketches um, we are in the final stage of of, um, of production for those just wrapping up, fine tuning the editing and things like that. So uh, next week you will get to tune in here on Thursday for our Soco sketches, and we we may do a little bit in addition to that because they're pretty short. But um, you'll you'll get sort of a, a weird uh, different episode next week that we're going to pre record. Um, so so don't look for the normal show; it'll be the sketch show. And then uh, the sports show, though, will go on next week as as planned um, on next Friday. So keep a look out for that. The, I, I'm <laughs> we we've been working on the sketches for so long, and uh, I'm interested to see what the world says about them because some of them are pretty out there. Oh, <laughs> uh, so uh, hopefully, hopefully, listeners are excited to uh, to hear that those are finally coming out. Uh, I had a
1: or what would you say or it'll be their last episode yeah
0: (laughs) I yeah just so folks know it's just that episode for now uh we hope to do it again later uh, but (laughs) we will be back with more regular ass episodes of the show uh the following week so don't listen to this uh, don't listen to the sketches and if you hate them leave uh come back for for more regular episodes and uh you know of course let us know on Facebook and Twitter uh if you don't want us to ever do that again or (laughs) <laughs> if uh, or if you like it a lot. You you very well could like it a lot. We we shall see. Um and I don't mean to sound like I don't have confidence in them. I think they're funny, but uh you know, you never really know what the world's gonna think is funny. <laughs> oh man. So uh so yeah, it'll be a, a different show next week for one fifteen. Uh, but we'll be back in our normal fashion for one sixteen. Seth will do his We Missed the Boat at that time. Uh, I'm sure we'll be talking Joker. By that time as well. So uh, lots of great stuff coming down the uh, the SoCo pipeline. So stay tuned. Uh, make sure you're following us or subscribe to us wherever it is you have podcasts, including Spotify now, uh, Apple, Google Podcasts, uh, and Anchor. Uh, you know, Anchor, you heard the ad from the past. If you want to create your own podcast, very easy to do with Anchor. So check that out as well. Uh, if you go to our page on Anchor, it's Anchor.fm. Slash the dash Soco dash show. Uh, you will see where you can contribute to this podcast. If you want to shoot us a buck a month or uh, or more than that, which is highly you know encouraged. Um, if you want to shoot us a buck a month to do this show, we would highly appreciate that. Uh, and if you're not going to contribute that way, totally fine. Just keep listening to the show, keep sharing it with friends, uh, because now that we've got some ads on here. Uh, we we do see a couple shekels come out uh, from all of your clicks, so we highly appreciate your listens and uh, your continued support of the podcast. So don't forget to uh, comment, like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff, and of course check out our sponsors. But um, you know you'll you'll hear our voice uh, in, in the next seven days. But I, I guess I should say we will see you in two weeks. Bye.
1: I'm gonna be-